As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to The Athletic MBA Show, Monday through Friday, on The Athletic Podcast Network. I do have a take. Point of contention. Katie could be a head coach. I could be a head coach. Welcome to Point of Contention. Five subjects, five minutes, five points of contention coming up on the show. Harden partying, Kyrie's loud silence, tank season, TV schedule weirdness, and goodbye, Bogut. I'm Zach Harper, the host of POC. Jade Hoy is producing In This Corner, the Bay Area legend, author of two best-selling books about the Warriors, Marcus Thompson. Marcus, who you got? Jake Paul. Or, no, it's Logan Paul, I think, right? Logan Paul or Floyd Mayweather. Uh, I don't. Yeah, it's Logan. Not it's his brother. It's the brother of the guy who knocked out uh, Nate Robinson. So I, I don't know. I, 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 nobody's beating Floyd. So especially you put Floyd in an exhibition where you know he can't like knock out Floyd or he can't use his strength. Nobody touches Floyd. I'm 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 going with the shoulder roll, baby. As as always. I don't know. No one's landed a punch on Floyd Mayweather in like 10 years. I'm sure the YouTuber will get it done. Uh, Ethan, in this corner, the Bay Area suburban legend, the author of The Victory Machine, Ethan Strauss. Ethan, Oscar Pistorius, guilty or innocent? Uh, we might have been talking in the pre-show <laughs> about that. Excellent 30 for 30. I mean, maybe, I, look, maybe a fairer trial would be for Pistorius to have fought uh, Jake and Logan Paul at, at once trial by combat like Game of Thrones I, I I do not know it's above my pay grade I will say boxing fighting sports in general they've played an excellent trick on us by just dividing everything in the weight classes I know that uh, one of those Pauls is a little bit bigger than Floyd but enough for him to handle but it is funny to me that we uh, divvy it up so they can make more money and we forget sometimes that Floyd Mayweather is I don't know like as big as the average high school a high school man or like freshman high schooler. I mean, you could kick my ass, but you see what I'm saying? Like we're doing something weird with boxing that we've gotten used to. That's my take. My very timely topical take on boxing. Well, so you're saying is. a regular high schooler can take you? Uh, if they can fight as well as Floyd Mayweather can. And frankly, probably yeah. if they can't, 
<laughs> Probably if they're just a regular high schooler at this point in the dad bod arc. But I just think it's funny. I think it's funny that you've got people saying Floyd Mayweather's the greatest fighter of all time, but it's because we've narrowly fit it into the specific size of human that's smaller than the average human. I know everybody else is used to that, but I didn't grow up watching fighting, so I just find it a little funny. That's all I'm saying. Like yeah. Zach looking down his nose at golf, I feel a little bit that, a little bit a little bit that way about boxing. Just saying. Bunch of losers, by the way. You, if you hit me up, oh, clearly you show you don't know anything about golf. I don't give a damn about golf. I don't care about your stupid ass game, you dumb pants. Okay, how about that? Swing a club. I don't care. Jade, start the clock. Take one. Where in the world is James Harden? Everybody knows by now that James wants out of Houston. On Sunday, he missed the opening of training camp whilst at a strip club. Days after attending a little baby, sorry, little baby birthday party. <laughs> His agent slash mother pleaded his case on Instagram saying her son only wants to win a ring. Two teams in the mix are the Nets and the Sixers, at least from Harden's viewpoint. Meanwhile, Rockets owner Tillman Furtada deflected questions on Tuesday. <laughs> really egg on his face. Yeah, I don't know if Jade did that on purpose or not. Deflecting <laughs> questions on Tuesday in an appearance on CNBC saying, I have all the respect in the world for James Harden, and James Harden wants to win a ring during his period on, as a basketball player. I think that's wonderful that he's going to get to do that, and hopefully he'll do it with the Houston Rockets. Ethan, having a strange feeling. Should we feel bad for the Tillman here, or... Also, has, has player empowerment gone too far? I mean, I, I just like the presence of Tillman, Frittata, Frittita, whatever, in the NBA and how he always runs to a CNBC bunker when he wants to do messaging. It's so bizarre. It's like if, I don't know, Robert Sarver went to the Home Shopping Network or like, why is this the place for him to talk about the Houston Rockets? It's very arbitrary. So that's the first thought. Uh, I think the Investors, second Investors, baby. <laughs> he's trying to drum up some support. He's trying to get some cash flow going. He's trying to talk to his constituency, I suppose. Um I think that it, the situation has gone too far. I mean, the situation is kind of crazy. And I do think at a certain point, you have to wonder if Harden is disrespecting Tillman Fertitta, who might be worthy of some disrespect uh, and is a bit of a ridiculous clownish guy. I mean, Marcus and I would always notice at the Toyota Center, whenever you walk down the hallway and you looked at the mural of Rockets, that there were two Tillmans, two Tillmans, and one of everybody and else. And one Akeem. <laughs> yeah, hey man, if I got to empty my bank accounts to get that team, I'm putting my face all over that arena. Okay, <laughs> I'm just saying two Tillmans might be one Tillman too many. Um, and so that's an aspect of it. But I do wonder at a certain point, is he disrespecting Tillman or is the disrespect for Adam Silver? Because I don't believe this would happen in David Stern's NBA. I do think that there would be some reasonable fear of a long suspension uh, to send a message, especially in the preseason. I mean, this is classic David Stern suspension territory right here where they're sending a message to encourage everybody else. And when you combine that a suspension wouldn't hurt anybody's gate revenue well at that point i mean what's really the downside so i'm just surprised that he has been so bold as to challenge the authorities to this extent and i am wondering why adam silver isn't really showing a strong hand marcus well you know how do we know adam silver didn't put that suspension birdie and he just wasn't public about it maybe adam silver is like a silent assassin like like biggie said don't you know bad boys move in silence and violence so maybe adam silver 
went back door and was like, Harden, get your butt in camp. Otherwise, you're going to pay. Next thing you know, the dude's getting tested in Houston. I'm just saying, Adam Silver might be a quiet gangster. That's all. Uh, here's what's hilarious, though. Like, especially in the Bay Area, there's a there's a, there's a a buzz about James Harden to the Warriors. There's a buzz about plugging in Harden in place of Clay Thompson. Besides the fact those are two, like, SoCal dudes. Uh, I, I, I want to see it just for the sole purpose of watching Steve Kerr like struggle. I want to <laughs> see how many clipboards will Steve Kerr break. Can you imagine Zach, Steph Curry running around off one screen, shaking back and forth, getting held, jumping off a curl screen, and it's not there, so he's ducking back, and then he relocates to the corner, and the entire crowd is watching, waiting for that split second when Steph is open, and he finally gets open in the corner, and James Harden doesn't see it because he's doing like a 19-dribble crossover for a step back 30-footer. <laughs> like, I want to see what happens to Steve Kerr in that moment when that happens because that might be a great human scientific oh. experience. It, it will be the first time a coach wildly gesticulated to the referee trying to get him to call a travel on his own player. I mean, that will be the first time. So, yeah, I wish we could see it. Don't think such a thing will happen. Uh, but intriguing to contemplate and – Way more intriguing than the sad saga of Harden remaining on these Houston Rockets in their seven nationally televised games. Well, I I like this simply from the fact of I love when a fan base who hates a player has their team acquire said player. I really, it's one of my favorite. I mean, the Rockets getting Russell Westbrook might have been the ultimate example of that, right? Like, I love well, the, the, that. Fr- frankly, erased memory hold, Lakers getting LeBron. I'll put that yeah, in there too. Absolutely. That's in there as well. And now you've got people, you know, saying, you know, ex- exploding over the idea that, oh, LeBron's going to be a Laker for life now and everything. You know, like that's something 10 years ago they would have scoffed at. They would have asked, oh, we don't, we don't need that guy. <laughs> that's a bum. And so if you're the Warriors, the idea of getting James Harden, that feels like a very Joe Laker move. Mm, yeah. Not yeah. a very uh, Bob Myers or uh, Steve Kerr move. Or Steph Curry, or Draymond Green, or or Ethan Strauss, or have the fan I, you know, base. I'm a little intrigued. I gotta say, I'm a little intrigued by it. I'm a little intrigued by it. I got some just the idea of Steph working off the ball and Harden slashing and just what the offense might look like. I just don't think such a thing will happen. From the man who brought you, hey, JaVale McGee's actually good on this hey, team, comes, JaVale I'm McGee, intrigued by James Harden joining the, JaVale the Warriors. McGee, don't try to turn my win into a loss. JaVale McGee showed up to the Warriors, theoretically washed up, done, not even expected to do a thing or make the team, and provided good minutes. And I don't even like the guy. Frankly, as an aside, my least favorite warrior to deal with of that era. Uh, but he was productive. I mean, look, the, the stats don't lie. You could have put – uh, you, you, you missed a chance to go with your fat as a potential in disguise take with James Harden. I thought you would say he'd come <laughs> and get in shape with the Warriors and we'd see a different player. Like, nah, you, you, you could have put – I, I, I haven't seen him really working – I haven't seen him try to reach that potential, let's just say. Ethan, you could have put Bernie Lomax from Weekend at Bernie's at the five, and the Warriors would have run teams off the floor that season. Okay, I don't want to hear that. Take two. Damian Jones struggled, man. But yeah. (laughs) Take two. Kyrie Irving speaks. Sort of. Camps opened up this past week, and with that, Media Week was in full force. Or was it? Instead of speaking directly to reporters, Kyrie World Be Flat. Irving issued a statement that essentially said he would not oh, wow. be talking to the press this year. 
Does that count for Zoom calls? It said, instead of speaking to the media today, I'm issuing this statement to ensure that my message is properly conveyed. Plenty of blowback on this, but also plenty of support for Kyrie's actions because kids love him. It's already daunting enough under the situation with COVID. It's hard getting real information without being in the locker room, and only getting player access through Zoom is tough. For years, the players have relied on the media to help market their brands and personalities, but sort of seems like that's coming to an end. So, Marcus, is Kyrie right here or is Kyrie a hypocrite? Uh, he, he's he's definitely not a hypocrite uh, because this is exactly who he's always been. It's not as if Kyrie is trying to be different than he's ever been. Like, this is who Kyrie is. And perhaps hypocrisy is part of his brand, but it's definitely him to take this stance. If you had to pick a player who would do this, you'd say it was Kyrie. Uh, I do think there's a part of him that's right. Uh, when you get to a certain level of stardom, it just gets crazy. Like, I mean, there's just no way to escape it. I mean, we, we deal with this. Zach, you probably have more. I'm sure of it. You have more social media followers than probably me and Ethan combined. So at the top of that level, you probably experience a level of shade that is just baked in, right? A level, a level of ridiculousness. That's just part of being that popular, right? So now when you get to, the Kyrie Irving level, like I kind of don't mind that they want to opt out. I kind of like, I get it. When you get to that level, I understand. I do think as is very typical of NBA players, the superstars forget about everybody else. You know who needs the media? <laughs> like 400 other players, right? Yeah. A bunch of other players who are who don't have the platform and who don't have uh, the access and who can't just get 15 million people to listen to what they say. So Kyrie, if that's what you want to do, like, all right, you're Kyrie Irving. Go ahead. Do your thing. It's fine. I'm not clamoring to talk to Kyrie. I don't know who is, yeah. but just not. don't forget about the rest of the league. You, you you think Andrew Wiggins don't need uh, the media right now to to write these stories about how different he is and how he's changed hey, after hey, he has Marcus, three games? Hold on, those oh, those checks bad, still bad. cashing for Andrew Wiggins. Mm. He doesn't need that yet. It's not contract year. You tell you telling me the Warriors don't need it as they try to sh- shop him <laughs> after three good games? Like, hey, Ethan, how about you write how good he looks? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm in a Skip Bayless situation of uh, saying that I used to believe this, but then I saw that, and now I believe the other thing. That's that's where I'm at on this. I used to think that we don't need to be talking to these guys. Mm, you don't really get anything out of these press conferences. It's a lot of wasted time. They're miserable. A lot of people are miserable getting dragged through it too often, too many social media, too crazy, too much exposure, and then we have this bubble playoffs and we have some Zoom calls, but we don't really have media access, and we don't really have stories, and people aren't connecting to any narratives, and lo and behold, viewership drops. Maybe it dropped for a bunch of other reasons, but it certainly was correlated with less media access led to less viewership. So it does seem like it is not good for the league for superstars to take this particular approach. Now, as to what Kyrie Irving is saying, I mean, I kind of don't get it because when it comes to talking with the media in general, the idea is somebody's going to lie about you or misinterpret what you say or who knows. But in this case, I think you would just be doing what? Zoom calls that everybody sees and it's recorded on video and you can say whatever. So I'm not exactly sure what the issue is in this particular case because he can say whatever he wants to say. He can control his own narrative in that environment. Uh, 
and I wonder why he doesn't want to do it. Man, we, we I'll, know I'll what you, the issue is. I'll the tell issue you exactly is what. He, he said some stuff behind the scenes and it got out. That's what they're talking about. They're not talking about what they say on the oh, record. So it's they're like talking about what they say behind us. the scenes. Yeah, that's all. So that's he's what punishing the media for what the media did to him and it's, well, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I could I could see that. I could see how it is. You, I don't know, you know what benefits. this is? You know what this is? What? Kyrie Irving is ending high school players going to the NBA. He is creating the one and done rule with media availability because owners, I'm sorry, now governors back in the day could not stop themselves from drafting high school dudes. And you had plenty of successes. You had Kevin Garnett, you had Tracy McGrady, you had Kobe Bryant, you had all these guys, right? But you also had like Leon Smith and Corleon Young and Kwame Brown. You had all these guys who who weren't properly vetted, who didn't end up succeeding, who we didn't have enough information, and teams started saying, you know what, we'd love it if you just took that out of there to help to help us for you know keep us from from ourselves here, and that's what Kyrie's doing. Mm. Kyrie is doing that. Kyrie is saying, hey, I can't like I I can control what I say, but I'm saying a lot of stuff that gets I'm, I'm going to say ridiculous and we're, stuff. And we're idiots. I'm gonna take uh, like I'm being called an idiot, right? For a lot of this yeah. stuff, I think it, a lot of it is that ESPN article that was written during the summer, which was not the fairest of articles. It was it was kind of kind of BS, but I think Ooh. this is essentially him saying Wait, BS in what respect? That's, that's a little interesting. It's a little take right there. I mean, I've said this before. Like I I thought it was uh, targeted in a way that was not completely balanced. Mm-hmm. Well, Seemed to be going after him. Well, yeah, I can't speak to it either way. It's a situation I'm fairly far from uh, out there across the country with Kyrie. But yeah, it just it doesn't seem to be a positive situation. And I do think there's something else where sometimes we almost baby players too much when we say we get it. Like, oh, I get it. I get where he's coming from. I get it. I get it. I get it. But at the same time, I do think there's something to the modern social media environment that makes these guys crazy because it would make most people crazy. And that's not necessarily anybody in particular's fault. It's not any media member's fault. It's just the modality. And I don't know what the hell we do to fix it, but I just my, – my one little dalliance with it after the whole KD press conference where I was being argued about on television and frankly and, – and thankfully because I'm not a famous person – it stopped and it went away, but I thought this is a bunch of guys just existence and it is unmanageable and not psychologically healthy. And I have no idea how the hell anyone fixes it. I think Marcus brought up the best point in this whole thing. I'm really popular. Time for take three. Tank season is all season. As you may have heard, next year's NBA draft is going to be on one, as they say. According to our own draft <laughs> expert, Sam Vicini, seven of next year's players would have gone before Anthony Edwards, this year's number one pick to the Minnesota Timberwolves. We should see a race to the gate this year to get a chance at selecting one of these prospects. Right now, Oklahoma State's Cade Cunningham is the projected number one pick, and he's a baller. Ethan, which teams out there are in the best position to tank for Cade? Isn't it just set up perfectly for the Thunder? I mean, to have him Mm. at Oklahoma State, uh, to have that connection. I mean, I know that's what Sam Presti wants. It just seems like it's lined up. If we still have frozen envelopes, it seems as though mm. it should go in that direction. Even if they're a small market, when you get that synergy, just like LeBron 
in small market Cleveland was a thing. It just it, it connects great. Plus, they want it. They're trading away all their good players. They're stashing for the future. That's the team that I would uh, see for them. But hey, if you are one John Hollinger at our particular shop, and you're saying the Warriors are going to finish 11th in the West. Uh, nah, maybe. don't jump on my team. Don't jump on my team. You said okay, see. Okay, okay, okay. Stop hopping okay. over. Come on, okay, okay. this is set up okay. perfectly. Nah, Ethan already okay, called this a okay, while ago. Take it. I was, I was just gonna steal his point, but you, can't you see it now? One injury, uh, <laughs> a couple of a couple of additions not panning out. You know. COVID-19. Oh, I know, I know what you want, Marcus. I know you want that Zaire Williams, <laughs> Kate Cunningham draft. Call. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. What, what 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 happens if the Warriors end up like out of the playoffs? What if what if John Hollinger is right in there at 11 seed or even lower, and now they get a top 10 pick, and also Minnesota is trash, right? So now they have a top four. They have two top 10 picks. Wait, do, hold do you on, trade you can't, it? hold on, Marcus. You gotta be careful about that Timberwolves pick. It is top three protected, what? I believe. It's top three protected. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They could get the four pick, and then they could have their own number ten pick. Aha! That four plus ten equals number one. Would you say? Uh huh. That's, uh-huh. that's some kind of uh-huh. that's some kind of math from. <laughs> I'm just saying this thing is setting up for the 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 revitalization of the Bay Area dynasty. So, oh man, I'm, if if that I'm, I'm going Bob Myers, we, we curse Bob Myers on this podcast and say he should have negotiated better because if he didn't get the whole top three protection, if that pick was unprotected from the Wolves, oh man, we could get so many subscriptions, so many more subscriptions <laughs> selling Cade Cunningham Warriors. Look, I don't know what happened in the negotiations. I'm being tongue in cheek here. I'm just saying, oh my God, could you imagine the interest in the Bay Area and the Cade Cunningham watch that would be on on the dock? If we uh, if we had no protection yeah. on that Minnesota, shout out pick. shout out to John Krasinski for uh, making sure that there was top three protected. Shout out to John Krasinski, right? Stepping in, it's like, Stepping in. It. It's like John Smart. I could just picture is John Smart just sharp the wolves at some point. Just said, "I mean, you know us better than we know ourselves. We're gonna screw it up. You got to come into the room. Come on!" And then I just see John saying, "Like it's it's a rose. It's like." No, you gotta no get get a protection. Get a protection on it. <laughs> you know what's gonna happen? San Antonio's gonna get one. You know, that's gonna happen. San Antonio's gonna they're gonna get one of these guys and somehow whoever guy they get is gonna seem like gonna be the best one. No matter where they get them, doesn't matter. The Spurs are gonna get somebody and that guy's gonna feel like the best one in the draft. Wow, no one's gonna No one's gonna throw the Knicks into the mix? Ooh, a Knicks mix. Knicks mix. Knicks, Knicks tape. Knicks. Mm, mixtape who will they watching a, in this track <laughs> i was watching a Jesus and marrow uh uh social media post with barack obama and he thinks they can play so uh i don't think i don't i'm not wishing that on any draft pick if they're playing with Jesus. <laughs> I, I i'm not i'm not voting for anybody to go there the knicks should perennially get the 25th pick that's that's what they deserve i didn't hear any of that it was I the only one who didn't hear any of that? Was it choppy for anybody no, else? Mar- no, Marcus is very choppy there. But I think because he's recording his own track, uh, I it's going to come through crystal clear and be like, "Wow, uh, what a great, what a great point!" Was, was I supposed to record my own track? Ah. <laughs> I'll just play it, Jay. I'll just play. By, by Obama imitation is uh, is uh, is one says, "Let me be clear." 
That's 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 all I got. That's all. That's I got. all you that's, got. That's all I got. There's nothing that is a. That's, that's, that's if it. you ever have, if you ever have Amin do his Alvin Gentry impersonation, it's the same as his Brock impersonation. I'll tell you ah, that. That's he a doesn't like when crossover. I say that, but it's the exact same thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you both are harsh critics when it comes to the accents. I will say that. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Speaking of 44, take four. So much for small markets. Last Friday, the league released the first half of the NBA schedule, and along with it, the national TV games. Get this, guys. The Lakers have more national te- nationally televised games than half the NBA combined. 16 of their first 37 games on either ABC, ESPN, or TNT to open the season. 14 each between the Celtics, Mavericks, Pelicans, and Warriors. Meanwhile... The Cavs, the Kings, the Magic, the Pistons, the Spurs, the Thunder, and the Wizards all have zero nationally televised games. I can only assume that was created before Russell Westbrook became a Wizard because that would drive some viewership there. So, Ethan, what gives with this small market hatred? Um, Well, is it small market hatred if the smallest market of all, New Orleans, has 14 games? The same amount of games as the Warriors? Oh, you and your details. You and your facts. I mean, I'm more just shocked by it. I, I, I want to know what's going on. I'm actually – today I was calling people, trying to figure it out and talk to people just because I, I – hey, I knew they wanted Zion to happen. I knew that. We saw it. We saw it in the bubble when they made that the opener, and then it was a disaster, and he wasn't – who everybody wanted him to be. He wasn't physically right, and they flamed out. And for them to just double down like this to this extent yeah. is very interesting as a move. But but Marcus, that like Zion before the bubble was everything we asked him to be. Like he was producing. They were winning with him, right? Like they they were dominant when he was on the floor in those 19 games before the bubble. Now you give Zion, you know, he's allegedly healthy. I'm assuming he's in better shape. If Zion comes out there and stays healthy, I think these 14 games for the for the Pelicans are going to pay off. Oh yeah, I'm I'm okay with Zion getting the plug. I, I want to see Zion. I, I I have a desire to watch Zion play basketball. I think a lot of basketball fans like that and appreciate that. So I don't have a problem with that. What I do have a problem is where are the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, the NBA just had Black Lives Matter all over the court. We just heard blackity this and blackity that. One game for the blackest city. Come on, where, where you at? No DC. No Atlanta, and Atlanta actually has a reason. Atlanta's got Trey Young. Trey Young, like let's He's go. Good. He's you know a star. Saying? You got Migos sitting at, at half court. Like, what, what, what are we doing? Like, get get Atlanta some action. It's time for the ATL. They got Dr. King jerseys. Are are you serious? They don't. 
the Hawks have one game. Let's go. You can't you can't be Black Lives Matter in the bubble and then get out of the bubble and act like you don't know black people. Let's go. Let's go NBA. Let's get some uh let's get some uh Atlanta Hawks action in there. I imagine in the second half there will be more Washington Wizards action. But come on. It's time for Atlanta to become an epicenter of basketball. And and we, we gotta rock with Dan Martinez, the star uh uh communication specialist <laughs> and is Travis Schlake. Right? Travis Schlake. <laughs> The, the general manager. <laughs> what? <laughs> Such a free association. This, this, what a weird. This one is for. This one is for Clark Atlanta moving University. To Atlanta? What happened Bomani, here, Marcus? Bomani Jones. Uh, what Bomani you Jones. <laughs> I'm Ron for ATL. Ti. He went to Clark Atlanta though. That's oh what I'm saying. It's, it's our time, man. I do Shout love Dan Martinez. <laughs> I just I, I do love Dan Martinez. Omani is associated more with Miami than he is Atlanta. What's happening? Man, come I mean, on, one game for Atlanta is pretty is pretty crazy. Well, all right, what, to, what what about any, this though, Ethan? Yeah. Real quick, what if what if this is an opportunity for Atlanta to prove they should be all over that second half schedule, which will come out later? Mm, yeah, because it's half the season. We should be saying that. I mean, they're doing it in part because I think there's an element of. Oh, we hope this works. <laughs> we hope the season doesn't get scuttled somehow. <laughs> but yeah, maybe it's prove it. Maybe that's what it's about. And I mean, so that's what we're doing. We're saying, hey, let's wait for the second half of the season to put teams might not be in the playoffs. Is that what we're doing? I mean, I don't, I'm sure I don't that, get that. Yeah, I don't know how they sell these teams. I feel like the it. second half would be the Boston's, the Lakers, you know, the teams that you know will be in there. Yeah. Why are you putting fringe I, team second half? I'm kind of surprised the Bucks got 12 just because they were uh, viewership uh, kryptonite in the playoffs. And I thought that also interesting was the was Miami getting 10 after making the finals is another interesting one where they can feel disrespected. Uh, the choices, the choices are a little odd, I would say, but I'm sure they have their reasons. I'm sure they have those, but I do think that maybe they should err a little more on the side of promoting the next generation rather than just milking the Lakers. That's my take. Now, now Ethan, when how many for Ja? How many for Ja, Zach? That's a great question that I do not have the answer to. It was a it was a handful, I believe. I want to say like six. If my memory okay, serves me that. correctly. I'm with that. I like we need more Ja. Or maybe Denver was six and Memphis was four. It was something like that. Um something something in that range. But Ethan, I, I'm curious before we move on to the next subject, when Marcus said Blackity this and blackity that. What were you thinking? For some reason, I thought about yakety sacks. That was the thing okay. that popped into my mind. <laughs> All right, take five. Oh, regular Machine Gun Kelly over here rapping. Here, here's, a, here's, a, here's an interesting segue. Take five. Farewell, Andrew Bogut. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the Internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed Internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Andrew Bogut has announced his retirement from professional basketball, regarded as one of the greatest and most successful players in Australian basketball history, integral to the Warriors dynasty. Thought it'd be fun to get your takes and stories in now since you both covered him extensively. Marcus, I will start with you on the Andrew Bogut farewell goodbye. Uh, I feel like that's completely uh, disrespectful to the best Andrew Bogut reporter in the history of See, I career. thought he would take us. Ho- I, I thought we, he floor. would take us home. But nah, that's fine. I yield the yeah. floor. I yield the floor to Ethan Strauss. I feel like you and him always had tension. It was it was an interesting. Oh, like uh, an Ethan David Lee situation? Oh, not like that. I mean, oh, okay. I, oh Marcus, what do you think? How are you with Bogut? David Bogut Lee? I don't know. Bogut didn't like me for some reason. Like I don't know. I never written anything bad about him. He just. It wasn't that he didn't like me. He just liked to jab me a lot, and he thought I was a. Uh, I don't. I don't know what his, he he can speak best to. It. I don't know. I don't know why Bogut never liked me. He never actually explained it. He would say it's not that I don't like you, but who knows? I just know he was. He uh, he always gave me a hard time, and he loved Ethan, so I was fine with that. Well, actually, in a weird way, that's kind of not true. I think there's some revisionist history because I get along better with Bogut post. I mean, post dynasty than I did at the time during the dynasty. It was. I mean, when I was a beat writer. I feel like every other week I would either hate Andre and like Bogut or like Bogut and and uh, like it would flip around because they were both sarcastic, withering bastards. And at least on the grind of being a beat reporter, it could be obnoxious. And there were times I just hated them. But then, you know, things settle down and people move on. And even now Harrison Barnes was somebody who didn't like me back then and I feel like if I see him now it's uh it's a very cordial relationship so I'm trying to think like what are the Bogut memories most of them are just him uh, and Marcus I a, arguing I have a, I, I have a good but Bogut was great for debating I, I thought sometimes yeah. Bogut uh you know he had a curmudgeonly side to him and sometimes I think he would push the line and it would probably be a little bit more uh disrespectful than you would like <laughs> you yeah. know it was just I, I that for me that was just like all right man like you know, nobody's actually killing you. So let's chill with the disrespect. But Bogut was always great to talk to when he felt like talking. Uh, but there was one time I forgot something happened. We were parking in the garage and, uh, Oh, I was, I was pulling up and I saw Bogut and he gave me like an incredible hard time about driving a mini Cooper. And I was, oh, insecure. Was doing, I was, was insecure about that. it ever since I was like, hold on, what's wrong. I thought I was doing well. Like, I, you know, I came from nothing and I got a mini Cooper. It was my wife's car, but like, I liked riding that thing. I watched the Italian job. That thing moves. I, I can get some places <laughs> in that. And then Bogan made me feel all insecure about my mini Cooper. I was like, dude, I'm not seven foot. So I had to go do a couple donuts just to get my pride back. But I thought it was funny that he was like, <laughs> he was like killing me for having a mini Cooper. And nobody had ever, killed me before for having a mini cooper it had never been a thing and i was like am i am i actually a cornball for having a mini cooper? should i let my well, wife like drive the, her own car he's like mr car guy i remember i got i don't know why because you know when you're on the beat you're you've got lack of sleep and things just annoy you sometimes i just remember i was sitting outside of practice in philadelphia i was sitting on the floor 
and they were taking just forever. And then finally, practice ended. It's cold. Wells Fargo is a dingy, dingy arena. I'm just sitting on the floor of my laptop. And Bogut walks by and looks at me and he's like, why are you here? You should be – and I had just gotten married. And so that that was like a theme that, that year. He's like, you should be home having sex with your wife. And I just hated him. I was just like, fuck you. It's not wrong. <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> but, you know, the, like time passes and uh, like now my, my dynamic with him is, is a lot different. And that's true for a lot of players uh, coming through. But he was somebody who was always very entertaining. Live wire Super, in the locker yeah, room, yeah. Uh, always arguing. Him and Andre yeah. loved arguing, uh, and that was probably the best relationship on the team among the main players. I think was probably the friendship with him and Harrison Barnes. It, it's weird. The Warriors they got along pretty well, but there weren't a lot of friendships. But him and Harrison Barnes were friends. Might have uh, throw throw a grenade into the conversation. What do we sure. do with the uh, the cultural? seemingly uh perspectives of of andrew bogut when it comes to his legacy should that factor into how we remember him or we just kind of kind of move, mean, move alongside i i don't know it's it's interesting i think sometimes people come at it with a very americanized perspective you know would i regard bogut as politically conservative i would say yes uh would i say that he's a Trump supporter. I think that's Americans sort of projecting their politics and situation onto somebody who isn't American and frankly doesn't care much what happens to our country and uh, is mostly focused on his own country. So it's it was something that it seemed like it was more of a conversation outside the locker room than inside. I, I, I think that it was something that was entertaining to Andre, for instance, but Maybe, maybe not. I'm not sure. Um, I also think people would be shocked to find out that there's probably a lot more overlap between a lot of Bogut's views and a lot of his teammates uh, than they might they might assume is the other thing. I also think he was a, a like provocative intentionally. You know, mm. I think he, I think he like, like a certain like a certain podcast a producer, like a certain podcast producer with conspiracy theories. But you were saying, yeah, I, I think I mean, Andrew Schleck. Get a rise out of people. <laughs> I think he wanted to kind of like get you going by, z- z- you know, zinging you a little bit. I remember. Um, I don't even think he was with the Warriors at the time, but remember his. Uh, he didn't want to have kids in the NBA because you know, like of all the rappers and the bling bling, he didn't want his bling kids bling. around there, something like that. Yeah. Bling bling. So you know, like he'd say little things like that, and you know, who knows how. I mean, his teammates liked him. So, I mean, that's what, what you have. Like some of those teammates, they they liked him. They loved Bogut, and he oh, that, he'd say little things like that. But sometimes he he it, it was a lot like Andre in that sense, where he'd I be. Think, I think he'd just be trying to jab you and get get you to think and and get get a little angry and debate with him a little bit. That, that's what, that's always the vibe I got from Bogut. It was always interesting to me that him and Andre said that the other guy was like him, which I just have rarely encountered that with people. I don't think there's anybody in my life where somebody said, you're like him, and I would go, yeah, and then that other guy would say the same thing inversely. But yeah, there was definitely some personality crossover, and perhaps not coincidentally, I probably got the most content uh, from both those guys because I would rather – I don't know. I would rather somebody be kind of an asshole, but be uh, smart and interesting uh, than nice and a bad quote. I remember 
uh, I mean, I, I hope he doesn't hear it. But uh, but Udo, Epe Udo, I remember you were the first to say it, Marcus, when when Udo got traded and he did his final interviews and then he goes away and he leaves that that locker room back then in, in Oracle. This maybe this was 2012 in the trade for Bogut, by the way. And I go, man, I'm going to miss him. And Marcus goes, mm, nice guy. Bad quote. It's just something that always stuck with me where sometimes that's correlated. That's what it, that's what it comes down to. I don't know, Zach. I just not that interested in these conversations that uh, I don't know. I got old. I, I don't know what it was. I was tired. Whoever. I just, I wasn't as interested. Like I wanted to know about what was happening in the locker room. I was trying to get stories. I just really wasn't trying to dig into people's philosophical and political ideologies. I just, it just didn't interest me. So I, I uh, wrote an article on it that was spiked by ESPN and I, I often wonder what the reaction would have been but it was on that very topic uh, back in 2016 so I, I'm, I'm you know I'm interested interested in how that would have been taken but I think to do the job whatever it is in beat writing I, I think you kind of have to just take people as they are and not come at them with some of the judgment that uh, becomes fairly common on social media because you are going to encounter a range of humanity. You're going to encounter people who are doing things that you don't think are particularly moral. Um, And some of that is just the way people backstab each other in the NBA. Some of that is the way people cheat on their wives in the NBA and other things, you know, and it's not just politics. Um, And so I think it is incumbent on you to a certain extent to not come at that situation and go, I am pure and I have all the best judgment in the world. And instead, you're trying to understand people and understand aspects of their humanity because everybody on that whole Warriors team and that dynastic run, I think, was some shade of gray uh, in terms of their goodness, their badness and everything in between. Well, we bring him on now. Andrew Bogut. Welcome. No, never mind. He's not here. All right. That's going to do it for this week's. Can, can we, can we say he was at least a good player? Like, oh, yeah. he, was, he was, he was pivotal to what the Warriors built. Uh, oh, nobody guarded yes. Tony Allen like he did. Nobody. <laughs> nobody in the history nobody. of basketball guarded Tony Allen like he did, which uh, was 15 uh, feet away. But uh, <laughs> if you, you relish if that. you, uh, I know a lot of, a lot, a lot of people, a lot of people outside the Bay don't understand just how long the Warriors were bad and how bad, you know, just how bad they were for so long. And the thirst the Warriors had for an actual center, like it spanned decades. And there was a lot of bad center experiments, right? There was a lot of like, yo, this Todd Fuller slander will not stand. This Alton Lister shade, right? You got to stop. It's it's, so Bogut in that sense, man, like he was, he was finally the guy. He was a legitimate center. He actually played defense. And a lot of what Bogut brought like changed everything. And yeah. that I do think I do think that must be said about his contributions. Hashtag Monte better. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Point of Contention on the Athletic NBA Show. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, work that algorithm, and make sure you leave a review. Make sure you're subscribed to The Athletic. We believe we have a buy one, gift one right now. So get dad or mom or grandma or your uncle or your cousin or whoever a free subscription when you buy one for yourself or buy one for them you get the free one however you want to gift that it's a buy one gift one right now for marcus thompson for ethan strauss for jade hoy i'm zach harper keep it locked in on the athlete y'all better stop disrespecting my rant my rant man.
big fan of yours for a long, long time. Do you mind if I get a, a quick hug? <laughs> Let's do it. Mate, you should have wore your high heels today. You should have, you should have pulled your high heels out today. I've got them. Yeah. It's in the wardrobe somewhere. You too. Have fun, man. Thank you. Good to see you. Appreciate it. Just a man. Just a man. It's eh? starting to get a little awkward, mate. No, it's not. It's always awkward. <laughs>